Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Parlay, conversations about lifestyle, men's issues, and the world today. We often invite guests on the show that are leaders in their industry to talk to us about what motivates them, those who lead by example and are looking for ways to give back. Our guest today is Mark Anderson. He's president of the Concerned Black Men of LA, an organization that provides mentorship and career advice to young men and women restoring communities. Mark, thank you for joining us. Well, you're welcome, Ricardo. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your story. Well, sure. I'm, you know, I'm married and I have a, a beautiful daughter. She's almost 40 years old now and I have a grandson. So I'll start there. And, and my background, actually, I haven't been in the workforce for at least six years. I've been retired uh, comfortably and, you know, glad to, to, be, to be retired. But before that, I, I worked for the, the United States Postal Service, and I served with them for 36 years. I uh, was uh, fortunate enough to, you know, start as a letter carrier, and then, uh, you know, 36 years later in management. And uh, one job that I'm the most proud of, I was the 40th postmaster of Los Angeles, California. And that's uh, obviously, you know, where where I reside now. All right, now you worked in different cities with the post office. Uh, yeah. Looks like you were in yeah. Chicago for some time. You started in San Diego, correct? Yeah, that's my home. My home, my home is San Diego, and I started there, uh, like, say, 1978. I won't, you know, bore you with all the, the timelines, but yeah, I moved to Riverside, and then I uh, went to Chicago, um, and then I went to Detroit. I was the postmaster of Detroit. And then uh, I went to St. Louis. I was the 42nd postmaster of St. Louis for seven years. And then I returned to California as the postmaster of LA. And then my last uh, assignment was uh, on the East Coast uh, in New Jersey as the, the district manager there. So yeah, we, we bounced around a little. All right, so you ended your career as a district manager. Yes. Okay. And then shortly after retirement, is that when you joined um, Concerned Black Men? Oh, no. No, no. I joined while I was still working. Uh, I retired in 2015, but I joined in 2010. And I always tell this story because um, I want to thank Carolyn Dean uh, for actually bringing this organization to my attention. I was in L.A. and me and her were walking down the hall going to a meeting yeah, I'll keep this short and simple. She said, Mr. Anderson, you know, there's this, there's this organization that I really think you would be interested in. And, you know, I think she gave me the name of the organization. She gave me something. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm in a meeting with them, and, and then I soon joined. So it was Carolyn Dean, who was one of our supervisors, a great supervisor, uh, introduced me to the Concerned Black Men of L.A., Carolyn Dean, by the way, she's the mother of Damian Dean, one of my business partners. Yes, she is. Yeah. And she's a great mom (laughs) (laughs) and a member of our organization, too. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about the organization? You know, they provide mentorship and guidance. What are some of the programs or what what is the focus? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Enough enough about me and um, myself want to talk about the work that we do. The Concerned Black Men of LA, I first want to start with the fact that we're a national organization. 
And the national organization is called the Concerned Black Men. And it started in 1975. And it was founded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by five police officers. And the five police officers were rolling up on young men. And Ricardo, they were either locking them up or, you know, taking them to the morgue. And they said, enough's enough. So our organization was founded by law enforcement. I want to make sure I, I bring that up. And then uh, there's several chapters throughout the United States. <clears throat> the Concerned Black Men of L.A. Uh, was founded in 2003. And um, so we're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization. We provide uh, mentoring services to young people between the ages of 11 and 19. I try to keep it simple. Um, we do it through one-on-one -on -one mentoring and we also do group mentoring. And the group mentoring is done through a series of programs. Uh, one is called the Welcome to Manhood program. That's where we teach all of our programs, Ricardo, and uh, your, your audience, we, we uh, focus on life skills. And it's simple life skills, uh, decision-making, uh, you know, how to dress, um, leadership, communication, those type of things. And it's once a month on a Saturday. Prior to COVID, we were actually in physical locations, you know, with the kids and our volunteers. So we help uh, young men. And then in 2018, we progress to mentoring young women. Okay, good. So yeah, so it was expanded because obviously they also need some of the mentorship and career yeah, guidance. Yeah, we were, we were finding out from, you know, different moms, different sponsors, you know, being a nonprofit organization, you get donations and they were all saying, well, what about girls? Now, what we were saying, even as a national organization, the girls are okay. I mean, they get it. You know, they know what to do. You know, they're organized. And, you know, what we found out just through input was, no, they need help too. So women have joined our organization and they volunteer to help the girls. So the women help the girls and then volunteer men help, the, uh, help our boys. But it's been going really good. Right. It's, it's interesting you mentioned about, you know, the idea that, you know, the girls are okay because, you know, personally, you know, I was raised by my grandma and my mom and that's all I saw. That's all I knew. So it was a shock to me to find out in my later years that women had gone through some struggles because all I knew was strong women. You know, they, mm -hmm. all I thought about them was authority because, you know, that's who that's who raised us, that's who, yeah. you know, whipped us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I'm saying that like uh, as a joke, as it wasn't with a whip, but you know, <laughs> but you know, we got disciplined by them. So, you know, we grew up thinking, or at least I grew up thinking, oh yeah, like they're okay. And then later on you realize like, no, they're not. Yeah. You know, being, being young um, now is so much, more challenging than it was when, you know, I came up when, when you came up. And, uh, you know, obviously we're getting this from teachers, you know, principals, uh, parents, 
Yeah, some of the things that our, that our uh, young people are exposed to and maybe the way that they're, they're brought up. Um, a lot of our uh, young men and, and, and even uh, the women, there is no man in the home. And similar to your upbringing, Ricardo, you know, there's the women are bringing them up, raising them. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just more difficult. So we're, we're glad to be a part of the child's life. We're glad to help uh, the, the parents when they come to us. It's, it's free, so they don't have to pay for anything. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's for the last, we're going on our 18th year. Uh, we've been well-received. And we have some kids that have, you wouldn't have thought that they're, they're where they're at now, you know, based on, you know, where they were when they came to us, but they're doing well now. And it's not a large number, but we've always said, if it's just one, one or two that we keep out of the gangs, you know, keep from, uh, you know, dying before they're 20, et cetera, then we would have done our job. What are, what are some of the common challenges that or you know the typical challenges that these kids are facing is it more like learning abilities or is it more emotional do they just lack emotional support or is um, it a self-esteem issue or a combination of we've seen a combination of and i want to i want to um start with that um and but the but it, first it starts with the parent calling us, the young man has been doing good, you know, through grade school. Now they're entering middle school and they're starting to lash out. They're starting to not, you know, listen. And they've always been told that they're the man of the house because they actually were. And so now this, this story is so common, that's why I want to share it. And then now they don't listen to their parents and, you know, they're talking back. And then that leads into, uh, you know, grades and bad grades and things like that. So, so we get that, we get peer pressure. We just get a, a variety of, of reasons. Um, not so much initially we don't get, um, I think you may have said that they were, uh, mentally challenged or, you know, the, the, the mental, mental cases like that. No, they're just, uh, the, the parents can't handle them anymore. And they need uh, a role of a male figure, from what we're hearing, um, to help them, to guide them, you know, to teach them how to be, you know, uh, a man. Right. So it's more about discipline, teaching them. Yeah, to be disciplined. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we start with, um, we bring them in. The first one is on decisions, how your dis decisions, your actions, you know, control your decisions and, and how you have to really uh, be cognizant of, of the decision that you're making, the crowd that you're following, you know, things of that nature. And, and the parents have been telling them this the same thing, but we find that when there's, you know, men in the room and their peers in the room, we're talking about it, it seems to sink in. Yeah, not bad kids, not bad kids at all. Um, some get good grades, some don't. 
you know, and and some are withdrawn at first, you know, real quiet. And then after somebody listens to them and they're able to talk, they see that the way they're seeing life is similar to the folks that are their peers, you know, it's okay. And then they start to grow, they come out of their shell. And, you know, we just help bring out the good that's in them, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's hard to talk about, but it's, uh, it's, it's better to, you know, to actually see how that happens. And it's, uh, it's magic as far as I'm concerned. Right. Now, is, does the program focus just only on the kids or does it also provide guidance to parents to teach them how to navigate, you know, you know, this phase of, you know, in the child's life? You know, we, we haven't really been successful in having, a, you know, a parent um, guidance class, if you will. So the, the parents bring them, they may stay a couple of times, and then they leave. And our focus is, is uh, pretty much on the, on the, um, on the, on the, on the young people. Okay. I mean, it would be, it'd be nice to do that. And we've always wanted to do that because we, we feel that if we have the parents support, which we do, it's more indirect, but just to have them in the same room talking about, you know, the challenges that they face. We, we often thought that that would be something good for them. You know, so it's not like we don't, it's not like it's out of the question. It, it just seems like we, we just can't get their, their attention, you know, enough to, to do that. Yeah, we, we realize they, you know, they've got a life, they've got a job, they're, you know, uh, having to do a lot of things as one, a single uh, parent home is very challenging. So, no, we haven't gone there yet. Right, it, because one thing to consider, you know, to go along with what you're saying is a lot of parents may have had similar issues or similar upbringings that they never dealt with or didn't learn how to cope with them. So it's like a cycle that, that you guys are trying to break, you know? And so, yeah. You don't really want to, you don't want to say that, but we, and I just admire our parents, glad that they, you know, have confidence in themselves to reach out to us, but even being a parent now, is more difficult than maybe it was when when you were coming up and when I was coming up. So we're well aware of that. Um, but if they came through up the same way that well, they're obviously probably raising their little one the way that they were raised and not saying that was bad or good, but you never know. You never know. So we just try to we try to respect them and help. All we want to do is help, you know. Right any way we can all right now the the um the organization has different programs there's the emerging leaders the cares welcome to manhood welcome to womanhood and it looks like there's a partnership with the clippers yes can you talk a a little bit about the different programs like what do they do and yeah i'll do it uh, as quickly as i can um they're all they're all focusing on life skills um, but when we get to emerging leaders, we start, you know, separating the, uh, you know, the, the boys. That's our college prep. But the, the welcome to womanhood, welcome to manhood, we focus on 
like I said, the, the life skills, nine months, uh, one Saturday a month. I think our women's program does two Saturdays a month. And, and it's decision-making, um, how to dress, uh, some feminine hygiene, you know, is, is also a topic that we, that we talk about. Um, yeah, so that, that's that program. Then the emerging leaders, you have to go through, right now it's only uh, offered to our boys, you have to go through Welcome to Manhood and in middle school, then when you start in your 10th and 11th grade year, you go to emerging leaders. Emerging leaders is about college. We're big on going to college. And we start out by saying, you know, you need to get your education. And so um, we teach them about applications. We have college tours. Uh, we are supported by uh, Variety. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that is, um, supports us with scholarships. So for the last three years, they've given uh, scholarships uh, to our emerging leaders. What I like about this program and what I love about Variety is if Mark Anderson or Ricardo, we start in our freshman year of college, we get a scholarship from Variety. Variety will watch you from your freshman, you know, sophomore, um, uh, all the way through, all the way through college with, with scholarships. And that's what they have done and that's what they're doing. So we really like that. The CARES program, it's where we take our, our, our curriculum from, from uh, we actually have been operating in libraries prior to COVID. Now we're doing everything on Zoom, but we're in schools. CARES program, we go right to the school. So we have a classroom, we partner with the principals. We have a classroom, they give us uh, a selection of young men that need some, you know, some extra attention, that type of thing. And so we're actually in the school. So all those programs include field trips. So we don't just, you know, teach them about life skills. We do field trips and uh, the Dodgers have allowed us to come to games, the Lakers, Clippers. Our Clipper program, it's a, um, it's a program where we have a select number of kids that have done pretty good in our program and they experience uh, life with the Clippers. They, they have a lot of the players come and speak to them and we get a lot of tickets. They go to the Clipper games and, and that type of thing. So um, those, are, those are our programs. Okay. What, what are some of the, some examples that, that stand out of basically success stories of kids okay. that were heading in the wrong direction, came to mm -hmm. the program and turned that around, turned their life around? Yeah. One, one individual that we're all so proud of, and um, we try to mention his name as, as much as we can. Uh, his name is Iverson Mitchell. And uh, Iverson Mitchell when he was first introduced to our program um, by his mentor, his mentor's name, Maurice Bunton, Iverson Mitchell was very um, outspoken. This is in, 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 <laughs> in middle school. I'm talking back to teachers, uh, uh, obviously talking back to his parents, uh, being you know, expelled a lot, just not going in the right direction at all at all. So let's fast forward to what Maurice Bunton, who is mentor, our program, and a lot of others, parents and everything. Uh, Iverson Mitchell is now, let's see, 10th, 11th, 
Yeah, he's a he's a a sophomore at UCLA, and his his uh, in a medical medical uh, medical background is you know what his major is, and very you know doing very good, uh, getting like a three point five GPA and and everything, just a, a good, well-rounded kid. And none of us would have expected that. So we're very proud of Iverson. I don't know if Iverson will ever see this or Maurice Bunton will ever see it, but uh, we'll, we'll, we're very proud of him. We're proud of uh, Elton Richardson, uh, who is now, I believe he's in his sophomore year uh, at uh, the University of Oregon, the Mighty Ducks. And so uh, done very good. Uh, I, uh, now, Elton came to us, uh, was always, you know, very good, very focused, you know, wanted to do well. And, and obviously, you know, he is doing well. My, my mentee, his name is uh, Elijah Brown. And Elijah, he started with me when he was in sixth grade. He reminds me of that. Um, he was shorter than me at that time. And I'm 6'2". And now he's, um, I think he's 6'5", maybe. And he's played football and did real good in high school football, those type of things. He's now attending the uh, University of Arizona in uh, Flagstaff. No, Northern Arizona University. I got to get that right. NAU, and 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 we're just so proud of him. His mom's proud of him. His brother's proud of him. Elijah's one of those real. He was real quiet, uh, but 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 not you know not bad or anything. Just very quiet. And now he's seen by many of our young men as their mentor. So he mentors others. So those three we can clearly see them coming back and, you know, maybe being the president or the vice president, having leadership roles in our organization. I can name, you know, several others, but uh, to see them, you know, in, in grade school and now, you know, in college is something we're very proud of. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, they can pay it forward, you know, by, you yeah. know, extending this, you know, a hand to, somebody else that they come across who needs, you know, the same level of help. Yeah, that's one of the things that we teach them, you know, in the beginning, when they start going into our program, you know, part of it is giving back. And they see from us, because our organization, none of us get paid. We all come to the organization wanting to help. And we're, we're paying it forward because somebody helped us. So they're seeing that. That becomes a part of their, their life. And they all have said, yeah, we want to come back. You know, we want to give back. So that's a, uh, a good quality that, that we're leaving with them and that they're carrying on. You're right, Ricardo. Yeah, and that's actually uh, one, one, of the, the, one of the things that I like about, you know, just hearing from you about the organization is it really touches to what we want to do here at Parlay, which that was actually the motivation is to provide some mentorship and guidance to people, yeah. especially the, you know, young people, because if I can look back of the mistakes I've made in my life and I'm not, you know, it's not, um, 
it's not a matter of life and death or anything, you know, but, you know, financial mistakes or just even personal mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can attribute that to a lack of mentorship. I mean, I've had mentors along the way that have come into my life and that I keep in touch with um, that provide a lot of guidance and I learn from them. But at the time, um, like, I'll just give you an example, like financial advice. I, you know, I found myself, you know, being 22, 23 and, you know, living at home. So I didn't have any expenses and I started working in insurance and I was making pretty good money, you know, for a 22 year old. And I was spending money like I thought it was going to (laughs) rot, you know, like you want to go here, you want to go there, you know, let's just go ahead and buy this. And had I had someone, you know, come to my life and say, yo, you got to start saving or, you know, live way below your means. Yeah. Um, You know, I would have had a different outlook at this point, but you know, that's, it's good thing to realize that at some, you know, at some point along the way. And, and when I talk to young people now, whether it's family members or, you know, just friends, that's the one thing I tell them save, you know, don't do what we did. I was at a party. um, It was, it was a kid's party. And there was this young kid who's 17 and he's already like talking about investing and, and I just smiled because I was like, yeah, you know, keep doing that. Right. <laughs> you know, don't do what we did. <laughs> right. I'm more, I'm, more, I'm more like yourself. And as far as mentors and, you know, finances, because I can remember, um, you know, starting with the postal service, it was more money than I had ever made, you know, prior to, and I was, I was like 19 when I started. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I made the money, I spent the money, I got the credit cards, you know, got probably more than I should have and, you know, not not able to pay all of them and, you know, you know how to credit and all that. Yeah, so that was 19. And I can't, re- I can't even remember my dad saying anything about, you know, your checking account, and he taught us how to save that. I mean, we just gave the money to him. So that's how we saved. But not, nothing. And one of our one of our uh, courses is on uh, is on financial leadership. I, I failed to mention that it's our last one where we're talking about you know checking accounts and credit and things of that nature to to eleven year olds, you know twelve year olds. You see their eyes a little glazed, you know, as they're going through it because they don't they're not doing it. But we are at least talking about it. So so you're right. I mean, I I did not have that. I had it. You know, once I was with the Postal Service, I'm getting mentors through the organization, helping me, you know, find my way. But nothing prior to that other than, you know, my dad and my and my brothers and, you know, learning from them. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we've been doing it so long and we're volunteering. We don't really think just how significant our our presence, you know, is to, you know, the young people that are that are. Um, that we're speaking to because they they don't even have the the male figure at the house from what we're from what we're hearing and I know and you didn't you had you know your mother I you know I had my dad so yeah just I think what you guys are doing and what you want to do just keep working on that because everybody needs help and they're not willing, they're not they don't always say they do 
but yeah, everyone needs help. Oh, it's the hardest thing in the world to, you know, well, at least to a lot of people to be self-reflective and, and be able to look yourself in the mirror and, and see where the problem is. Yeah. Um, What we we have noticed um, is the members, you know, as they join, they come in the different ages, different sizes, different backgrounds. And we do things as, uh, as just with the members and the adults, if you will. And it's, it's good to even see that, you know, we're being mentors there and we're being mentored, you know, by some of the, some of the young guys have just really got it together that, you know, some of us folks that aren't as young can learn from them. So uh, we're, we're doing the, the networking and, and giving to each other in that way as well. So. Now that's, that's great. Uh, now where can people uh, contribute to the organization? How can people, you know, either volunteer their time or just give a donation? Yeah, that, the, both of those things can be done uh, on our website. Our website is uh, cbmla.org or Concerned Black Men of Los Angeles. You can Google that. And in every page, we make sure we have a donate button because we're nonprofit. Um, and if you want to be a, uh, a member, there's a location you can go to join. If you, if you want to find out more about the organization, you can do that. It's all on the website. So uh, not that we, you know, I appreciate you bringing up the donations. And that's, uh, I'm glad to talk about that. But um, I just wanted to let people know and be a part of your uh, outreach group about this organization and, and how we work and how they can get involved. I think there's a membership fee, it's $60 to uh, be a member, which is really not that much. But uh, yeah, yeah, and, and on the website, I believe I have my name, I have my phone number, and so you can contact me and I could walk you through wherever you wanna go. We'd love to have your support obviously with the donations and we'd love to have you be a part of uh, us helping uh, young people in the uh, in the Los Angeles community we'd love we'd love to have you on board oh well, thank you yeah because a lot of I, I a lot of people want to help but a lot of times they don't know how to you know and it's important that to know that there's organizations out there that oh yeah you know could use all the help that we we can get we saw a big burst you know after the civil unrest uh uh, you know a couple months ago and you were getting you know obviously donations coming in and a lot of folks are going to our website and i said well how do you hear about us and they said well i just put in there mentoring you know african-american or whatever and you know you came up so uh they yeah folks a lot of people want to give back they want to help they want to be a part of it. So uh, we're, we're just one. I'm sure there's many other organizations out there and thank goodness for the work that they're doing. But um, we've been here for 18 years and not real huge, but not, you know, invisible either. So uh, we've, got, we've got a Facebook page, we have a Twitter page, and then obviously the website. But I just recommend they go to the website, cbmla.org. That'll take you right to us. Great. Well, 
you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, talk about the organization. I think it's great what you guys are doing. And, you know, we need more of that uh, because, you know, you know, these kids are the future. And we, you know, we need them to be prepared to face the world out there because it, it ain't pretty out there. You know, I tell people, I tell kids uh, nowadays, you know, the world is not out, it's not out to get you, but it's not going to go out of its way to help you either. And you have to be able to understand that and move forward and not get discouraged. Um, right. And I, and I don't know if you see this, but one of the things that I see in today's society is that people are afraid of the truth. Um, they, there's, there seems to be a lack of accountability um, where they, it, it, it just seems like they don't want to take responsibility or people don't want to take responsibility for their situation. So one of the things that we're trying to do here is to tell people is like, look, you have it in your control. I mean, there, certainly there are things that we can't control, um, but you can, if you can control yourself and what you do, you're ahead of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see that a lot. In one of our initial uh, workshops, we, we talk about that. Um, we talk about some, some real facts, you know, some truth. But we also talk about some options, you know, some directions that they could take. And then we're there with them, you know, not just, oh, yeah, you're just saying that because you say that to everybody. They just keep coming back and, and, and we work them sometimes, most of the time, away from that. Because if you can get them to, to kind of break away from that excuse mode and they're never going to be and this is what happened to everybody, my you know, uncle, my brother, all of them, you know, I'm going to be the same way. If you can really work with them on that and show them a different way, boy, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a big difference. So that's what we try to do. I want to thank you and your partner, you know, Mr. Dean, for allowing uh, us the platform to, to talk about what we do. I want to thank you and, and your partner, Mr. Dean, for the work that you're doing and the reason that you're doing it. And just, you know, just, just keep it up. Just keep doing the right thing. There's something to be said about working hard and doing the right thing. Right. And I know it sounds simple, but boy, I tell you, if you just keep doing that, working hard and it's right, it seems to all come together. So it sounds like what you guys are doing and the reason why you're doing it is right and good. So just keep doing it. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I mean, like I said, like we see this even within our communities, you know, you talk about, you know, we mentioned earlier about just making excuses. And certainly you can acknowledge the inequities, you know, that are related to, you know, race and backgrounds. Um, and you can acknowledge that, but still not see it as a barrier for you to move forward. You can still make it. Now you're going to acknowledge it at the macro level. And certainly you're going to try to change that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like even a lot of times within the Hispanic community, it seems like a built-in excuse. Mm. Oh, if I don't succeed, it's because I was discriminated against. Mm. And we're trying to change that mentality. It's like, yes, there's some barriers out there. Yeah. Um, 
but don't let that be the excuse. Don't let that be the building excuse to move right. forward. Sometimes they need to, you know, young folks need to see, they need to see that somebody like them in the same situation, which many of us are, you know, we started out with nothing, you know, maybe still have a little bit more than we had, but not, you know, super rich, but we made it, you know? And so when they see that, we're, we're talking to them face to face. You're not reading about it, seeing it on the PowerPoint presentation. And we tell them, it, you know, I know it's a lot more difficult maybe for them than it was for us, but we had those, we had those barriers too. And, you, you know, we just, we, we just, we just kept going. You know, and so we try to we try to say that, but then they can see, you know, what did you start out as? You know, where'd you come from? You know, came from the hood, just like you, you know, and San Diego does have a ghetto. Some people don't realize that, but it does. And that's where I came from. So um, I hear what you're saying, and it allows me to say we have a way to actually do something about it, you know, through what we do, through the work that we do. You know, I think if I, if I didn't have the concerned black men of L.A., you know, obviously wouldn't have the young people coming and they wouldn't be able to tell the story and to share with people that, that type of thing. So um, I think uh, the group, uh, the people that are looking at you and watching you and watching you guys progress and do well, hey, that's just a, an example that they can do the same. So, you know, I say our success is really helping those that are, you know, coming behind us. If that makes any sense, you know? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, it's our people's success should give you hope for oh, yeah. your own success oh, and yeah. other people's success. And I'm thankful for the many volunteers in different, you know, realtors, lawyers, you know, the, the different type of mem members that are, you know, willing to, be back and just show up because just showing up. What do you do? Everybody wants to know, what do you do? You know, and it, it, it helps them. It really helps them. So I want to thank our, our members for, for stepping up and volunteering. Okay. Yeah. We all thank them and we thank you for, for joining us. Uh, I really appreciated the time and I really enjoyed the conversation and learn and, you know, learn more about the program. So thank you again. Same here, Ricardo. Thank you. All trailblazers know that their success is measured by the path they leave behind. Concerned Black Men of Los Angeles is a nonprofit organization. To learn more about what they do and find ways to help, visit their website at cbmla.org. Thanks for listening and tune in next Monday for more of The Parlay.
Seba, Anasu, Chopo, Palada, Noi, Pole, Pole.